We live in a world that is forever changing, from one day to the next. Now add to that an inner world that is forever at odds with itself. How does one accomplish anything when the only thing that is certain is uncertainty? Welcome to the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, the show designed to be an educational safe haven offering real-world solutions for real-world people. My name is Jonathan Sharko. Living with Bipolar 1 in today's world is a double-edged sword, but I'm here to work through it with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Alrighty, folks, welcome to today's episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. My name is Jonathan Sharko, and very excited about our guest today, a gentleman named Brett Scranton. I actually wrote down and prepared an introduction for this gentleman because he's well, well respected in the fitness and nutrition community. Uh, Brett has earned his NASM personal trainer certification last June. He's been actively retired for two and a half years, and he's also found a passion for studying and teaching methods for improving our longevity, essentially living longer. Um, in fact, uh, Brett is a coach with Will Vargas's body recomposition program, specializing in men's fitness, and he's also interviewed a medical doctor, a nutritional research scientist, a gut health PhD. Uh, a 91-year-old elite athlete, and he's also presented on a variety of other topics. Brett, in fact, was featured in the journal called Aging with an article on hormesis. And Brett himself, by implementing and adhering to longevity protocols, has raised his HDL, or good cholesterol, to 92. His testosterone is close to 1,000, which is off the, off the charts. <laughs> and he's also tracked his arterial age from 42 to 37, all the way down to having the arteries of a 24-year-old as he's aged from about 53 to now 57 years old. So um, definitely a great person to have on the podcast. Super excited to have you on. Um, Brett, is there anything I'm missing maybe to introduce yourself? Maybe talk a little about yourself? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's my life. Uh, just getting out in the world, getting, experiencing nature, the sun, uh, lifting weights, and um, trying to have a healthy body to uh, become harder to kill. yes i love i love this thing you know it's just let's just become harder to kill off um the topics we'll kind of cover today uh just to lay out the agenda for today's podcast we're going to touch on earthing we're going to touch on vitamin d and we're also going to touch on blood work so uh let's just get right into the meat and bones of this or the meat and potatoes of this uh can you tell us your understanding of of earthing brett and maybe it's some of its potential health benefits yeah it's, it's really a cool topic to me and i learned about it or just found out about it about a year ago from my good friend mike i was at my park and we were talking and he told me what to do and i'm like okay what the heck so i just immersed myself in it and started reading about it and I'll tell you some stuff I learned about it. But what the heck is it? It's also called <laughs> grounding. And so earthing or grounding is really just meaning uh, making contact with the earth um, and your skin, such as bare feet. So it, it allows us to connect to the earth's surface electrons um, to m- promote health benefits. And so what I've read um, that's included in the portfolio of health benefits of earthing is stuff like, you know, reduces our inflammation, which is a really big thing for living a long quality life. Um, it reduces our stress. It improves our blood flow, meaning uh, reducing the viscosity of the blood um, and improves our sleep. And so I actually learned um, some good stuff from a medical doctor, a cardiologist, Dr. Mike Twyman, who I Zoomed with um, a few months ago. And he's a big proponent of earthing. Um, He calls himself the biohacking cardiologist. Um, So he explained it this way. He said the earth um, is endowed with um, negative electrons. So that's how it's charged. And of course, uh, we're very small compared to the earth. So energy flows from high flow to low flow. So you... I'm standing barefoot on the earth, 
you know, are going to receive or absorb the, that, um, those electrons into your body. And, uh, the National Institutes of Health, you know, states that earthing creates a shift um, from our sympathetic to our parasympathetic uh, nervous system. And, and what the heck does that mean? The, the parasympathetic ner nervous system is our, they call it the rest and digest um, nervous system, helps us heal, helps us conserve energy. So all that kind of fun stuff uh, comes along with experimenting with your bare feet on the earth. Nice. Yeah, I'm thinking of times of maybe maybe it does kind of click. Uh, I I crave the ocean, kind of seeing the beach every once in a while, and I guess maybe just getting your toes in the sand and really connecting with the earth. For example, I mean, I live in a bit of a concrete jungle. There's not too much grass around. I kind of have to designate it, like go to a park or things like that. But um, no, definitely. And I like how you have kind of the resources and connections. This isn't like some woo woo kind of anything like that. There's actually some studies behind it that actually show how positive uh, earthing can be or grounding also known as grounding. Yeah, for sure. And you know, some people might still have that skepticism and that's totally fine. Um, mm -hmm. but it's free and Hey, what if it helps? That's what I'm saying. And it's probably confounded with, you know, other good stuff that you're doing, like being in the sun, being in nature to help reduce your stress, etc. So it, it might be a combination of things, but I do yeah. believe in its benefits. Um, the, the main benefit, of earthing is the inflammation reductions mm -hmm. and so i did a little reading or studying on that before our our uh, podcast today just to to help out explain that a little bit better so how i understand it is the skin's contact with the earth's surface allows the electrons to spread over the skin and into the body and these electrons are believed to neutralize um, what's called our uh, free radical molecules and what the heck are free ra radical molecules these are um cells that build up and they can cause damage to other molecules in our body like our dna our proteins so um very directly neutralizing free radicals will improve um, acute inflammation so things like wound healing and then also lowering kind of the inflammation that comes with aging so chronic inflammation mm -hmm. Is there like a certain like dosage or like amount of time that you've been earthing yourself or practicing or recommend? Yeah, what I've read and, and the best ways to earth in my own opinion, I'm biased. I believe in uh, being barefooted in nature. So the green grass like on a big park lawn is a great way to do it. Um, I also enjoy earthing in streams, so kind of wading in the water. So there you're experiencing sand and maybe a little bit of mud, things like that. Um, I've read that swimming, especially in salt water, is, is very good. Um, you can even like lay or sit or stand, um, you know, in addition to walking, or you can even sleep on a grounding mat uh, plugged into a, a grounding outlet and get some of the same benefits. Nice. And so, JG, I know you mentioned that um, you told me you live in a concrete jungle. You might not have <laughs> a lot of access to um, earthing. So I sent you a remedy um, and I told you you couldn't open it until our podcast. So <laughs> this is the time to open it right now. This is true. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, he was very. I'm very adamant. I, you know, when I was a kid, I actually got in trouble when uh, for opening gifts too soon. I was, you know, I thought I could be slick, peel the tape off, put the tape back on. Yeah. But sure enough, no. So I've been patient. I'm excited to open up this package. Wow, I'm proud of you. Today. <laughs> yeah, I've grown up a little bit here. Let's see here. What do we got here? So Let's see here. A universal grounding mat. Yeah. Oh, nice. This is something you can use when you go to bed at night. So you can plug it into the third hole in your um, outlet, which is a grounding outlet, and um, basically mm -hmm. uh, sleep on it. Nice. And I did this yeah, last night, this. and I had a great night of sleep. Okay. Let's see here. 
the nature's cure from Earth's energy. All right, I'm going to try this out today, and I'll actually get this hooked up, and this is something I can just kind of lay uh, lay on directly and kind of get the benefits. So Yeah, and we'll expect a full review. Awesome, yeah. I'm going to give this uh, – I'll be an N1 experiment and give you – and get back, get some results to you in the next, uh, I don't know, maybe – six to 12 weeks we can do a study on this so Brett, thank you so much that is super kind of you super generous of you and very thoughtful so heck yeah i too yeah you're a very good listener yes unfortunately i do live in a bit of a concrete jungle but um i'm gonna looking forward to you know reaping the benefits reaping the benefits of the grounding mat so thank you so much excellent yeah uh let's see here is it is it kind of tie into something with magnesium i think you just touched on salt water i might be getting a little off topic today but is it anything to do with like the magnesium that's in the salt I um, I don't know the answer to that question. That's a great that's okay. Great curiosity. I should dig into that's that. That's okay. I'm kind of doing a bit of a deep dive. I got a book uh, about a book on magnesium. I just recently did like the float tank therapy where they load like thousands of pounds of salt. I don't know if you've ever experimented with that, mm-hmm. but oh yeah, it's great. There's a place here in town called Healing One. Chaz is a great, Chaz is the owner of it, but it's uh, something I do kind of to ground and meditate myself. It's uh, I don't know if you heard of it. It's like sensory deprivation, but you're essentially just floating at a thousand pounds zero gravity, a thousand pounds of salt in there. So wow, that sounds interesting. Um, yeah, he's of course. There's so many tangents and things we get we get interested in and interested in on, and there's just never enough time to read everything. So, but I do have that on my on my short list on my library behind me here about reading about magnesium. But very cool. Let's let's talk about vitamin D a little bit here. So, how do you ensure that you're getting enough vitamin D in your system, especially if you live like in an area with limited sunlight, maybe in the Pacific Northwest, for example? This is probably one of my favorite topics, and um, this is the wonder drug that everyone should be talking about. Um, vitamin D is also called the sunshine vitamin because that's its primary method of um, working for us. Um, it's, it's also considered the most import, important vitamin. If you were to Google what's the most important vitamin, you'd see it's vitamin D. So it's both a vitamin, which is a nutrient that we can absorb through food, and it's also a hormone. So it's, it's created um, with photosynthesis um, in our skin. And this is a wild statistic. So 42% of Americans are vitamin D deficient. Wow. Yeah, I think that's wild too. And um, so think of it like a coin. There's two sides of the vitamin D coin. There's the benefits from having strong or optimal vitamin D. And I'm going to go through those. And then there's real problems with having deficient or low vitamin D. So we can um, we can re- avoid a lot of landmines and really strengthen our longevity by paying attention to this important hormone and vitamin. Some of the benefits of uh, vitamin D, just have them jotted down here so I don't make sure I don't forget them. Um, it, it can slow the tumor progression in a, in a variety of cancers, including like um, pancreatic, prostate, etc. Um, it keeps our arteries flexible, so it helps promote healthy blood pressure. Um, it protects biochemical pathways that lead to type 2 diabetes, so it has a real metabolic influence in our health. Um, one of the things that's really known for is it promotes a strong immune system. So I think you've heard probably people take vitamin D to help prevent colds or when we had the COVID scare, people were thinking vitamin D might help. And then one of the wild things it does, it gets involved with increasing our testosterone. In fact, um, I saw the highest level of my testosterone in one of my um, annual blood visits when my vitamin D was the highest. So I think there, you know, that was just, um, anecdote, but it shows me that there's a correlation there. Um, And then some of the real problems or things we can avoid by not having low or deficient vitamin D. There was a giant study of over 100,000 Europeans that um, 54% higher risk of dementia was associated with people that had low vitamin D. So there's some real uh, brain health things there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, no, the thing that's most known for is absorption um, of bone and decreased muscle strength if you have low vitamin D. So the most primary or well-known role of vitamin D is maintaining healthy, healthy levels of calcium for bone mineralization. So the body continually absorbs old bone and also creates new bone. Um, and so if you have low vitamin D, you're not doing that second half of the role. You're not creating new bone. So the, the body will just absorb, you know, existing bone tissue, which makes yeah. for weak bones and also weak muscles. So this is a remarkable, just to state it again, healthy vitamin D levels improves our immune system, our cardiovascular system, our metabolic pathways, our bone and muscle health our brain cell activity, and, you know, it improves our stress. It reduces stress by increasing uh, serotonin production. Mm-hmm. A couple other interesting things about vitamin D. Um, one is it um, has a lot to do with our circadian biology. So we can talk about that for a few minutes if you like. So Yes, please. Yeah, please. That really relates to me and some of my listeners with uh, who, are, you know, have bipolar disorder, for example. I know with talking to my doctors and psychiatrists, therapists, they're all really into, you know, lining up with your circadian rhythm, getting a good enough sleep. Absolutely. And so this is something I've only done for a short time and started a new habit, which is getting out in the morning um, when the sun rises. And what we, what I've read from trusted sources, which is one of them is Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's a PhD neuroscientist at Stanford. He says it's probably the most important thing we can do to regulate our sleep. And what happens is when you get bright sunlight from the atmosphere, not necessarily staring at the sun, but just being outside, um, there's a really cool word. We have a super chiasmatic nucleus that sits behind our eyes, and Mm -hmm. that um, regulates um, hormone production of uh, both the alert hormone, which is cortisol, so how we become um, alert in the morning, and it also suppresses or turns off the sleep hormone, melatonin. But something interesting that it does too is it sets kind of a 12-hour timer, if you want to think of it that way, um, Mm -hmm. to raise your evening melatonin levels. So according to Dr. Huberman, there's nothing more important we can do for our sleep than getting morning sunlight in our eyes um, upon waking. And then going along with, you know, the whole light, the day and night cycle, um, you want to control the amount of light that your eyes experience after the sun sets. Well, so whether it's kind of after sunset or 8 p.m., have dimly lit table lamps and then kind of really monitor um, turning off your screen time with televisions and smartphones so you can kind of uh, prepare your body to be sleepy when it's time to go to bed. Yeah. I mean, that's that's great advice and great information. It does, and especially from a trusted resource. I know some people are um, really into the Andrew Huberman podcast, as they should be. He releases really just great free information. Um yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I do kind of make sure I try to wear sunglasses at certain times. I do work overnights currently. So if anybody who's listening kind of works overnights over shifts, it does kind of make sense when you get off work to, you know, rock some sunglasses, keep those to kind of practice good bed hygiene. But for those who are on a traditional nine to five schedule, yeah. Can you, can you get natural sunlight? Is it looking at throughout a window or can you kind of just, is it best just to kind of step outside and, and not really have something hit you through a window pane? If you know any, like anything, does that make a real difference? Yeah, I think so. You would think you could just look out the window, but what I've read is it's uh, 50%, um, uh, deflected if you're uh, inside looking out a window. So it really is the best to be out in the atmosphere, um, mm-hmm. getting that sun, you know, indirectly from being outside is, yeah. is what I've read. And it's another, just like similar grounding, it's another free 
kind of tool that you can use. It doesn't cost any money to step outside and just get some sunshine in your eyes early in the day. It does make sense based on some of my study or studying and reading. It was like cortisol, I think, begins, you know, releasing in your body. Like, you know, I don't know exact time, but early in the mornings, you know, it takes a while. That's, that's when your body starts releasing that hormone to, to get you to really wake up. And it, uh, it definitely makes sense how it's, you know, on a 12-hour time or two, that's when the melatonin is going to start getting released. So sounds like you've kind of shifted maybe your sleep cycle. Are you kind of waking up earlier and maybe going to bed a little bit earlier nowadays, Brett? Yeah, probably try and hit the sack by, you know, nine 9.30 or 10 or less and mm-hmm. trying to get those seven to nine hours of quality sleep if I can, if I can pull it off. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Let's see here. I love how we talked about the vitamin D because, and it shows up in your blood work. I know you're a big proponent of getting your blood work checked, uh, maybe at least minimally a- annually every 12 months, if not maybe every six months or, or more. Um, Brett, why is it important to have regular blood work tests done? And what are some of the essential tests for like optimal health? I love this topic. And um, I learned a lot in the last couple of years from a research a laboratory called Inside Tracker. And being kind of an advocate of longevity, I kind of wanted to focus in on, well, what are the best blood labs to, to monitor how we're doing against um, our uh, lifestyle, you know, things that we can control to manage our health span and lifespan. So I advocate um, five simple tests that you should ask for um, at your well visit. So whether you're going once a year or however often, and there's alternatives to asking your doctor too, because if they aren't cooperative with ordering some of this stuff. Sometimes there's uh, health fairs that happen in cities. Like I know in Denver, we have the nine news health fair and you can buy some of these tests, um, you know, if you like to add them on. But the five Mm -hmm. tests that I like to run through is vitamin D because it's again, the most important vitamin and hormone for all those reasons we talked about about two minutes ago. Um, the other one I like is uh, an inflammation marker. So we talked about earthing as being a controlling our inflammation. So it's called CRP, which is an acronym standing for C-reactive protein. It's an enzyme made by our liver in response to inflammation. So this is a really good one to keep an eye on and make sure that you're keeping your inflammation under control. The third uh, panel I like is everyone does this usually, and that is it's called lipids, and that just means fats. The two main kinds of lipids that we um, encounter are cholesterol and triglycerides. Most of the food that we put in our mouth that has fat is going to be um, packaged up like triglycerides. So, but the cholesterol is stuff we know about. The HDL, which is our good cholesterol, and the, and the LDL, our bad cholesterol. Um, when you have um, all these numbers running around LDL, HDL, triglycerides, how do you know how to synthesize everything? That's where I like to talk about a couple of key ratios that you can calculate with the data. Um, With your lipids, what I like to do to make sense of my numbers, because I have high LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, but I also have really high HDL. And Mm -hmm. is that okay? And how I know it's okay is uh, these two ratios. One is to take as a division, the total cholesterol, divided by your HDL. So that numerator divided by denominator. And just look and see if that number is less than 3.5. And if it is, then you're doing fine. You're going to be in a higher risk bucket if it gets above 4.5. And then the other lipid test um, or ratio I like is to ratio your triglycerides as your numerator divided by your HDL, again, as your denominator. And here you want to see that that ratio stays below 2. If it's below two, you're going to be considered ideal and anything kind of sitting above four and it's going to be a little bit high. Mm -hmm. 
And then that's the three of my tests. The fourth one I like is testosterone. And um, the reason I like this particular test for men especially, it's our tissue building hormone. So it gets into um, how we build strong bones and strong muscles. So um, it's, it's anabolic. So we anabolic meaning helpful or tissue building. So we wanna see that that stays high. Um, and we talked about vitamin D um, or sunshine is gonna raise your testosterone. So that's pretty cool. The main way you raise testosterone is through uh, resistance training. So if you mm -hmm. can um, do a little bit of that, you know, you're doing yourself a lot of favors with, with that hormone. And then my last one or the fifth one I like to pay attention to is um, a glucose measurement called HbA1c. So that just means hemoglobin sugar. A reason I like it better than just blood glucose, it, it seems to have a longer term indicator for your um, sugar tolerance. So I think that hemoglobin sugar tends to persist in the blood more like up to 90 days as opposed to fasting blood glucose, which could be more like 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's a good one to pay attention to as well. Yeah. No, I'm going to steal that from you. I do have, um, I usually get my blood work done every six months personally. So I'm going to definitely steal those tests from you and recommend them to my, to my primary physician, which I encourage really everybody to do. I don't know. Have you, is it pretty common? Do you know a lot of people in the and the people who just don't get blood work done? Yeah, for sure. That's probably pretty common or else you go with the flow and you do whatever your doctor says, which they really won't offer that you do very much unless you have a problem. But I think that's yeah. the, the issue with Western medicine. I, I'd rather know my information and know it's great or that it's trending up and take care of it versus react to it after it's a big problem. Yeah, you know? I, I too do the same thing. I really try to encourage all of my clients who I work with um, just to really, that's the first thing we do is they're kind of caught off guard. Is like, why do I need to get my blood work done if I'm working with a personal trainer? It's like, well, we're going to really see how healthy you really are. It's not, not just a number on a scale or how much you weigh, but really how healthy you are. So I love that too. And also um, it's motivating because if you're doing mm -hmm. li lifestyle improvements like nutrient dense food and resistance training and getting quality sleep and managing your stress, wouldn't you like to see that they're making a difference in your numbers? And so by, by tracking your baseline, like before you start your program or whatever, and then kind of mm -hmm. doing a time series over time, I just feel like it's really motivating to see that your HDL is going up, your testosterone's yes. improving or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's see here. We're doing a great job on time right now. We're just breezing through these questions. <laughs> um, I guess we maybe we kind of touched on this a little bit, maybe in a couple minutes or a few minutes, you can say, uh, answer this one. So have, Brett, have you personally noticed like any positive changes in your health and well-being, kind of after incorporating this grounding in vitamin D and also blood work in your lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. In fact, um, I love telling this story. So after my mm -hmm. friend Mike told me about grounding a year ago, so it was about last June, I did, I went and saw my, you know, my primary and because I, I really wanted to know this, I did an unscientific experiment. I measured my CRP blood lab before 60 days of grounding and then after. So I did it before and after. And um, I noticed that the CRP blood result changed in a favorable fashion. It changed from mm -hmm. 0.43, which is also was already really low because we like to see it below 1, 1.0 to know that it's good. And so mine was already good, but it went from 0.43 down to 0.36. And if you do that mm -hmm. ratio, that's a 16% reduction. So to me, it's like, that's pretty cool. You know, by just doing this thing in the park, um, I'm seeing that I'm controlling my uh, chronic inflammation. So yeah. that, that proved it to me. Nice. Oh, let's see here. What kind of maybe for those of are listening who are still, you know, maybe they're not sold on the benefits of blood work tests. What advice do you have for individuals who may be hesitant to get regular blood work tests? 
And I mean, how can we kind of really ease their potential fears or some anxiety about the process? Um, I just think once again, it comes down to lifestyle and what we can do mm -hmm. to control our, um, the quality of our life. So a topic I wanted to bring up, which I think is pretty interesting. I learned this from Dr. Peter Atia. He's a medical doctor that kind of specializes in a lot of longevity topics. Yes. Yeah. Um, he talks about what he calls the four horsemen of chronic disease. And I think it's very compelling. And what he states is that um, the following four things account for over 80% of deaths in people over age 50 who do not smoke. So that's, that's pretty interesting. And so if we can control or have some mitigation across these four horsemen, we're doing pretty good in um, extending the health span of our life. So the first one is atherosclerosis, so cardiovascular disease. Second one is some cancers, which is a little bit slippery slope, but there's some definitely things we can do there to mitigate some of that. The third one's Alzheimer's disease. And then the fourth one is a big one that we call, it's an umbrella called metabolic disease. So that incorporates mm -hmm. things like type two diabetes, low HDL, visceral fat, high blood pressure. Um, and so I think we kind of already touched on some of this, but I think it's amazing that getting exposure to vitamin D kind of helping control some of your um, inflammation type issues, you're going to have uh, some good mitigation controls over the four horsemen of chronic disease as a result. Now incorporate that with nutrient dense food diet and uh, resistance training and managing your stress. Um, you know, you're going to go a long way to improving not only the years of your life, so the longevity, but also the quality of those years. And I brought some arts and crafts, um, just, okay. I know. So I don't know if it's going to show very well. It's very simple drawing, but if you see the blue line, that's just going left to right. That's That's the quality of our life as we age. And so I, I say this sometimes, but aging is the primary disease in life. So let's say that that blue line terminates at around age 75. That's the average lifespan of an American. It might be a little bit less actually, but what mm -hmm. we're doing by doing lifestyle interventions, we're pushing that out to the red line. And so, so you can see it's about an inch further out in terms of your life. So call it 10 years, 15 years. Okay, great. But what's more exciting is those red arrows. So, you know, you're living those extra years with a lot more vitality. You know, you can travel the world, play with your kids and grandkids, kind of yeah. charge through life with a lot more uh, mobility. And so mm -hmm. that's what's exciting to me in terms of motivating people to get involved in their health and be curious and everything like that. Yes. Yes. I think, I think you had made a great point. It's not just the quantity of the years, but it's really the quality of the years and that we can be active. Um, we're all, I know you call me a kid and things like that. I'll be turning 35 soon, but I'm already kind of thinking about some of these things, how I can improve uh, the quality of my life and just thinking years ahead as, as our parents and our grandparents age, you kind of, you know, you're not when you're, I think when you're in that younger state of mind, you don't really think about the future, but then you really kind of see your family, your friends kind of going through things and you're like, well, what can I do today? You know, and I know the saying is, you know, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday, but the next best time is today. So it's never too late really to start off. And during our introduction, yeah, you were able to lower your arterial age. I mean, your arterial age through blood work from, you know, having the arteries of a 42 year old down to, you know, sub 25 years old range, which has been phenomenal. And um, so it's, it's just amazing to see how good you're feeling. I know you're really a legendary kind of member of the Will Vargas program and a coach in a sense, but I mean, you're, uh, you're getting up there, little guy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting up there and you're, and you're sub 10% body fat. You're in phenomenal shape. You're pushing the, the big dumbbells around the 90 pound dumbbells and you're <laughs> those hundred pound dumbbells. So 
as I get to know you more, it's, it's just great to, and inspiring to really see you, your path and your journey. So, yeah, um, I guess we just have a few more questions for today's episode. Um, let's see here. Is there anything that we're kind of missing that you wanted to touch on? I know you have, you brought some materials and some information for today. Yeah. I mean, one thing I wanted to really make mention of, you know, in American society that, um, there's so much, um, influence of convenience. So Mm -hmm. our society, a food is abundant and fast food stores uh, surround us and being sedentary is, um, very easy you know, with Netflix and social media and everything. And um, so that's the one thing that we have to keep remembering is, you know, life is work. Like, for instance, when you retire, you don't just sit in a rocking chair and see what's going on. You have to keep working very hard all the time, moving, avoiding processed foods. And in my own opinion, you know, convenience doesn't do us any favors. So, um, you know, that's one thing I wanted to drum, drum home with your audience is, life is work, you know, and it's always going to be work and there's, it's not going to ever be easy. And that's how we're going to keep the quality of our remaining years very high, you know? Yeah. And then one other thing I like to always say is it's never too late. So, you know, you're a young guy, 35, going to be, I mean, I started my fitness journey when I was 54. So four years ago, and I was 25% body fat, you know, before then. And before I started working with coach will and stuff like that, but it's just, it's so interesting. Like health is so different than any other domain in life. So think about your 401k. You really need to start that when you're young as early as possible. And you can't really like start it when you're six months before retirement and think you're going to be okay. But you can kind of do that with your health, you know, like I just started four years ago and um, everything you talked about, you know, 25% body fat turning down to 10 Keep, keeping the testosterone like roaring around a thousand 24 year old arteries is like it's pretty neat when you consider how much control you have over these levers when it comes to the the arena of health you know mm-hmm. right where can maybe we find you i don't know if you have anything to plug or anything like that but uh, where can people maybe keep in touch with you or, or if they have more questions? Um, I don't have too much stuff. I, I guess you, if you Googled my name, Brett Scranton, um, I've got a YouTube channel that I've got some, oh, yeah. some different YouTubes out there, but I need to get a little bit more organized like you. I, I have a lot to learn from you. So you're going to be yeah. my coach. I'll be more than happy. We can exchange and exchange knowledge and information, but yeah, I love, I love your YouTube channel. I love your interviews. You really bring on top quality guests um, like our boy, Alan Aragon and, and various other people. So it's very cool. And, um, it's just a great free resource for people to learn and be inspired by by Brett's journey. And it's you know amazing to see how you've been. Congratulations on your retirement of about two and a half years. And it's really, we're, we're really blessed and really lucky to have you kind of spending your time really diving deep into PubMed and, and some of these things and getting your certification and really kind of giving back and, and helping others. So uh, thank you so much for your time today, Brett. We'll kind of wrap up today's episode with that. That sounds good. Uh, so let's work hard and become harder to kill and live harder. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that as the title for this episode. Work hard and be harder to kill with Brett Scranton. So alrighty folks, thank you guys for joining us today. That concludes another episode. Have a great day. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Lifting with Bipolar. Stay connected with me directly through jonathancharco.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at Jonathan Charco. As always. Thank you for pushing your mindset and heart towards a better reality. 
this concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please leave a review of the podcast as well as subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other.